0: part of the Locked On Podcast Network,
2: your team every day. Hi, welcome to today's episode of the Locked On Seahawks Podcast. You are with Grant Goldberg and Spike Friedman, and today is Crossover Wednesday on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, We are with Marcus Mosher of Locked On Cowboys. We're going to talk about this uh seahawks versus cowboys wildcard playoff game this saturday night five fifteen, and uh it's gonna be a good game both teams uh played each other earlier in the year and that's what we're kind of gonna focus on a little bit but uh before we get into the show we'll do a quick intro i am grant goldberg i co-host this locked on seahawks podcast and spike is a writer with the stranger marcus thank you for coming on the show this morning I'm doing well. How how are you guys doing today? Oh, good, good. Uh, My question, so it's 5.15
0: Pacific time. You guys are central time? I have no idea what's happening in our country. Uh, (laughs) Uh, So so my co-host, Landon McCool, he is Pacific time,
1: and I'm actually East Coast time, so it's it's all messed up.
0: So we have no idea when this game is starting. (laughs) Hopefully the listeners at home can figure it out using whatever technology they need. Maybe Google search it. I don't know. Just just leave and no, it's Fox. Leave Fox on for the next week. You know, give Orville the ratings.
2: I don't know. <laughs>
0: Eventually the game will pop on there,
2: right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Just keep never blink. At some point TV. on Sunday night you'll just be walking around your living room and just oh, the game is on. <laughs> but, Saturday. No, Saturday, man. God. Oh, geez, all right. So we got we got a whole uh, situation going on with the game. Um uh, it's starting Saturday. Now I uh I said that earlier and then I totally forgot. Uh but we'll we'll talk about we'll, we'll talk about the Cowboys side of the ball. And obviously like I said the Seahawks played the Cowboys earlier in the season. The Seahawks won that game, but obviously this is these are two different teams. Uh, the Cowboys almost immediately started playing better after that Seattle loss. And uh, the Seahawks started playing better after they beat the Cowboys. Um, so, Marcus, I the first question to you is Dak Prescott: How is he playing uh, in comparison to earlier in the year? I know he, you know, kind of had to put the team on his back late in the game against the Giants. How has Dak Prescott evolved as a quarterback since the start of the season?
1: Well, I mean. You're right that Dak has played better, but the real story of the the Cowboys team is the the addition of Amari Cooper has basically changed everything. In the first eight games of the season, the Cowboys were the worst third down team in the league. Um, and in their in the matchup against uh, Seattle in week three, they were just three of 13 on third down. Since the since they traded for Cooper. They're now the league's best third down team. The offense is still uh, not fantastic, but it's a much more efficient offense. And, you know, we're seeing a much better Dak Prescott over the you know the final eight games of the season. His passer rating was 103. He was much more aggressive as a quarterback. Uh, and you're just seeing a, a more r- well-rounded type of offense from the Cowboys this season.
0: That's interesting. And the, the third down thing is interesting because the Seahawks team is actually one of the league's worst defenses on first and second down in terms of per play efficiency, but is one of the league's three best defenses on third down. Just a strange fluke of this season. So I think that'll be an interesting trend to watch as this game goes on obviously the cooper edition has been huge i think when we played you earlier this year the o-line was a little banged up i saw you guys rested some guys last week what is the state of the cowboys o-line right now how is it operating are we looking at a unit like we had two years ago where the team had one of the best o-lines in the league are we looking at a sort of a league average o-line how are you guys blocking both the run in the past uh,
1: this is a significantly worse offensive line than we've seen over the last several years. Uh, I mean, you have you have two Pro Bowl-caliber players in Zach Martin and Tyron Smith, but both of those guys are really banged up and neither played on, on Sunday. Now, you can say that the Cowboys are resting them, but from everything we've kind of heard, th- these are two guys that weren't able to play because of Tyron's neck and Zach Martin's knees. So uh, a very, a very banged-up, Offensive line, Xavier Suofilo, who has started the last nine games for the Cowboys at left guard, he's likely not going to play with a sprained ankle, meaning Connor Williams is going to play that spot, a second-round rookie. Joe Looney, who is filling in for Travis Frederick this season, uh, has not been particularly good. I would say this offensive line, at least this season, is closer to the bottom uh, you know, third of the league than the, than even league average. It's just not wow. a very good offensive line.
2: Yeah, uh, and and to to flip it over to the defensive side of the ball, uh, you got you know obviously Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory on the defensive line, um, and then Leighton Vander Esch, uh, Jalen Smith, uh, and and the the defense is kind of in the story of the season for the Cowboys, and and this is probably the strongest defense we've seen from this team uh, in the past maybe I don't know decade. I, I my brother's a big Cowboys fan, and I this is certainly the biggest. Uh, the most excitement I've seen from him for this defense. Um and and so going from this this week I, I think it was three losses to the Seahawks, um, the defense have certainly won a lot of games for the Cowboys. Now who you no know, are you guys healthy on that side of the ball and you know, who is going to you know be the, the guys besides the Jalen Smith, besides the Leighton Banderesh, that makes the difference in the game that doesn't really get the the national media's credit
1: that's a great question so they have a couple of pro bowlers on the defense with byron jones and demarcus lawrence and we we know what those guys can do uh the story of the cowboy season has really been you know who else is getting pressure besides demarcus lawrence now tyrone crawford uh is a versatile guy that can play defensive end defensive tackle he actually got hurt in the week 16 game against tampa bay with a neck injury they expect him to play uh, this week, and I, I expect him to play inside. Randy Gregory, the often suspended pass rusher from Nebraska, the Cowboys 2015 second round pick, has really, really come on lately. So, with the bookends of Gregory and Lawrence on the outside and Tyrone Crawford in the middle, their defense can get a lot of pressure. And we know in this game, I, I don't expect them to blitz Russell Wilson much. So, if those four guys can get pressure on Wilson, I think the Cowboys can have a lot of success.
0: Yeah, I noticed that the Cowboys' pass defense um, is actually ranked – less highly by DVOA than the rush defense which just surprised me based on the caliber of pass rushers the fact that Byron Jones is a pro bowler and is such a great athlete is that what makes the rush defense good is it that linebacking core is it the other guys on the D line is it just is it Chris Richard bringing the safeties up the way we know he can in terms of having them help in rush defense what is making that rush defense a top five unit which is obviously a huge problem for the Seahawks who are going to run the ball no matter what. Well, let's start with the pass defense first, because I think you're right. And I think DVOA is right
1: here. The Cowboys pass defense isn't as dominant as what maybe the raw stats suggest. And I think that's due to lack of turnovers. Uh, They had just nine interceptions this season. It's not a a group that takes the ball away, you know, a a lot. They're willing to give up, you know, a ton of passes underneath. Uh, It's a very bend, but don't break type of defense. And they're very good in the red zone. Uh, But there just hasn't been a lot of teams that have stuck with the run this year against the Cowboys. They get behind in games or they start to panic and get, pre- you know, and feel pressured and they just, they don't run very well. They don't give up. The Cowboys don't give up big runs and that kind of drives their DVO rating up a little bit, but you can run on the Cowboys team. And that's what oh. makes me really nervous because the Seattle rushing attack, the number one rushing t- attack in the league. If you stick with it, like the Colts did in week 15, you can absolutely run the ball against the Cowboys defense. It's predicated on speed. They don't have a, a lot of beef up front. Uh, Layton Vander Esch and Jalen Smith both both of those guys don't really thrive when taking on blocks. So if Seattle just commits to Chris Carson and Mike Davis and Rashad Penny, I think they can have a lot of success on the ground.
2: Well, that the is good thing really interesting. The good thing for Seattle is that they are going to commit to Chris <laughs> Carson, Mike Davis sure. and Rashad Penny. Um and the the thing is to me, and and it's you know obviously I think the the Colts game is a little bit more of an outlier compared to the Cowboys rest of the season. Um, I, I was going to ask you actually, you know, the formula that the Colts had was to to run the ball. You you mentioned that this the this Cowboys team is is good in the red zone. Uh, it kind of mirrors this Seahawks team that we've seen as a little bit more of a bend but don't break defense. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, was rested in week 17 now the the Seahawks rush defense has not been their their best group this season but you know if they are going to stop Ezekiel somehow some way they they couldn't in week three uh is there a chance they do in this wild card playoff game
1: oh I I think so I mean Elliott's a fantastic runner and the Cowboys still can they can they can run block uh, but I fully expect Seattle to commit a lot of guys to stopping Elliott. I, I don't think, I don't think they're going to play in this cover two shell or cover three shell and basically let teams or let the Cowboys just gash them on first and second down. I expect a lot of uh, run blitzes and that kind of stuff from Seattle because it's just something Dallas hasn't dealt with uh, very well this season with, uh, Connor Williams and Joe Looney uh, at offensive line. It's, it's a fairly young, inexperienced group. So, uh, if, if you, if you commit to stopping the run on the first down and the Cowboys are one of the most run heavy teams on first down in the league, you could really put this team behind the chains. And when we, we know when Dak Prescott and the Cowboys get behind the chains on second and third down, this is an offense that can really,
0: uh, really struggle to move the ball. Alright, I got one last question before we uh before we flip the script and have you ask us questions about where the Seahawks are right now. So I was looking at uh special teams and mm. yeah. You guys, it doesn't seem to be going great for y'all. No, it's right not. Now. It's 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 a big problem. Yeah. Why? What what? What? What should Seahawks <laughs> fans be looking forward to in terms of failures in Dallas's special teams uh, right now?
1: Yeah. So if you follow me on Twitter at all, I, I rant weekly about the Cowboys' lack of explosiveness on special teams. So let's let's talk about the return game first. Um, for most of the season, Cole Beasley was the Cowboys returner, uh, and he finished the season with 61 punt return yards. Oh yeah, That's not very good. <laughs> um, if you punt it to Cole Beasley, he is going to fair catch it, and that's going to be about it. Uh, they they turn the ball over a lot on special teams. They're one of the highest teams in penalties across the league on special teams. It, it, it's just a pretty bad unit. Now, Chris Jones, the punter, good. Brett Maher, has been, their kicker has been up and down. The further you get him away uh, from the field goal post, the better he seems to be. He really struggles inside the 40-yard line for whatever reason that is. Uh, it, I, for me, special teams is a unit that I thought all season long is going to be their Achilles heel. They just don't make enough big plays, and they have too many negative plays each and every week. So don't be surprised if a special teams play swings this game on Saturday night. Interesting.
2: Yeah, Interesting. The, the Seahawks, I think, need to take the approach that they take with uh, Greg Zerline when they play the Rams. Uh, really, really good kicker. But when you get him uh, in these close range field goals, he just has those, you know, couple weird misses. And and like I said, you know, I've, I've seen a, a good amount of the Cowboys this year. But uh, yeah, Brett Maher has been a, a really, really weird kicker to watch play. That's, that's what I'll leave it at.
1: Yeah. Yeah, very All up right. and
0: down. Alright, well, okay, so that's enough of us, you know, throwing questions at you. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back right after this on a Locked On crossover episode to answer some questions about where the Seahawks are right now. Stay tuned.
1: You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for my advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is, I don't always know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie, Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys. They are your best bet this season. They have been in the business for years. They have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me in the past, and that's why I'm urging you guys to make your way to my bookie. You win. You win. And they pay. It's that simple. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet on the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each week. If you join now, MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to activate that offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid.
3: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: And we're back with the next portion of our Locked On Crossover Wednesday episode. This is Locked On Seahawks, Locked On Cowboys. And uh, Marcus, we grilled you about how the Cowboys were looking going (laughs) into this wild card game. Now, this is your opportunity to ask us some questions, uh, find out (laughs) some more about this Seahawks team.
1: Yeah, so my first question for you guys is about your rushing attack. Uh, Last season, you guys fired Tom Cable, and you you moved on to a new offensive line coach. What's his name again? It's kind of slipping my mind right now.
0: It's Mike Mike Solari. Mike Solari. Mike Solari. Icon. Seahawks Icon for just not being Tom Cable. <laughs> uh, listen, I cover the Raiders
1: for the Raiders Wire, and we have Tom Cable over there. Oh, uh, I and know you do. <laughs> things are not going great. But anyways, uh, back to Seattle. Uh they finished the the season as the number 1 rushing team in the league. Uh they they had 2560 yards rushing. That's almost a 1000 yard increase from from last season. What has changed in Seattle to make them such an efficient rushing attack?
2: Well, I think you you mentioned it and they don't have Tom Cable on the on the on the coaching staff, but <laughs> uh and and obviously I think credit goes to having a healthy running back room. Uh, Chris Carson dealt with an ankle injury last year. Uh, Mike Davis was actually the most healthy running back they had. CJ Procyse was, you know, dealt with a, a handful of injuries throughout his whole Seattle career, and uh, Thomas Rawls couldn't stay healthy as well. And so we're we're dealing with a, a healthy group of running backs. Uh, a new offensive line has really paved the way for the Seahawks. Uh, DJ Fluker, uh, at multiple times in the season by both. You know, me and Spike, uh, he's been one of the additions of the year for the Seahawks. Uh, He's totally taken control in the run game, been better than expected in the passing game. Um, And then just a little bit of continuity on this offensive line. You have Dwayne Brown, uh, Justin Britt, and Jermaine Effetti all returning from last year. You add in J.R. Sweezy back to the fold from Tampa Bay. And so, you know, plugging him at left guard... So we we're experiencing something new in Seattle, which is a, a really, really consistent offensive line. Now, that wasn't the case against Arizona in Week 17. But uh, in, in terms of running the ball, that's where the success starts. It's up front.
1: Uh, speaking of J.R. Sweezy, he's a player that got hurt in Week 16, I believe, against the Kansas City Chiefs. Do you guys expect him to play in this matchup?
0: Honestly, I'm concerned. Uh P. Carroll was very optimistic last week that he would be back for the playoffs. P. Carroll is less optimistic this week, and if you read between the lines of what P. Carroll's saying, if P. Carroll's like, "Well, maybe they're not going to play," that means they might be dead. Like <laughs> P. Carroll, right. you could just assume that if he's tr- already hedging on Sweezy, that's an issue. Uh, The big issue last week was having two guards out with Fluker out as well. Fluker will play this week. He would have been able to play last week if it were a playoff game. He is getting a full week of practice this week. Ethan Posick's been kind of a disaster when he's played this year, but Ethan Posick and then having a Fetty slide to guard, and then having Fant move back from tight end to tackle, that was a disaster last week against the Cardinals. Six sacks, all on third down. That's no good. Um, But you will not be getting to face that horrific offensive line. You will be seeing either 80 or or 100% of the real Seahawks line. So maybe just a slight decrease in talent from Sweezy to Fluker. Is that kind of what what I'm I'm Uh, reading here? it's, It's the... Posick will slide back to uh, left guard rather than playing or actually he played left guard last week, the week before he played right guard in relief of uh, Fluker. It's, it's the Sweezy to Posick downgrade is Got what it. you have to get. Fluker will be back on the right side and will likely be effective, uh, especially in the run game. Okay, awesome. So my next question for you guys is about
1: Russell Wilson. Um, just from an outsider's perspective, I thought he was fantastic this year. I, I didn't think he got enough national attention. Um, was this argue Wilson's
2: best year of his career? Uh, well, yeah, yeah I, I I'd yeah, say I'd go yes. For it, Grant. Well, I I would say yes, and I'll, I'll keep it short because I know you probably have thoughts on it. But, um, I mean, just comparing the counting stats to to last year, it, it it might not seem like the numbers the numbers are still you know just as good if not better you know he's still great against the blitz put a career uh career high in uh passing touchdowns and so you know we're seeing a, a really efficient russell wilson he's not you know throwing for four thousand four thousand passing yards but that's a really you know overinflated stat absolutely uh, and so you know I, and i was gonna say i'm sure you agree with with dak prescott yep. not you know lighting it up in terms of passing yards but uh yeah, we're seeing a, a, a really, really efficient Russell Wilson. Either by choice, by design for the Seahawks offense, uh, and it, it's translated into wins. Uh, I mean, it's only a one year, one win improvement from last year, but the Seahawks are in the playoffs, ten six, and uh, Russell Wilson's efficiency has been a great part of that.
0: Yeah, I would argue that 2015 he was a little better. For I mean, the the the. The efficiency stats are very similar. The difference is obviously the overall environment of the NFL. Obviously, through the first 12 weeks of this season, the overall environment was insane for passing stats. That dipped in December, but still it was a much more pass-friendly environment this year. So when you compare what he did this year versus 2015, I still think that was a more impressive output. What was really impressive this year about Russell Wilson was the connection that he forged with Tyler Lockett. They put together the highest DVOA season for a wide receiver in the history of the NFL, basically. He, he had a perfect passer rating targeting Lockett. His touchdown percentage targeting Lockett was wild. Lockett also led the league in pass interference yards. So he even when he wasn't catching the ball, he was making huge plays i I think it was a pretty spectacular game, game on the whole, or a spectacular season on the whole for that connection, and with Doug Baldwin in and out of the lineup when Doug Baldwin was in the lineup, Russell Wilson looked as good as he has looked in his entire career. He also was a little injured at the beginning of the season, so his running has come back over the past few weeks. I think he is assuming Baldwin is fully healthy for this game as dangerous this week as he has been at any point in his career.
1: How much credit do we need to give Brian Schottenheimer for kind of maybe fixing this offense a little bit though? I mean, they finished as a top, I believe a top eight offense and points per game. Is is Schottenheimer somebody that deserves some credit here?
0: Oh, it's so hard to answer that. Uh, um... The answer is like, yes, but he doesn't scheme dudes open. And like, that's a lot of the modern NFL. Like we don't have an A.D. read. And so, The fact that Russell Wilson is the most accurate deep ball thrower in the NFL compensates for Brian Schottenheimer's biggest weakness, which is that he's basically Mike McCarthy in terms of scheming guys open. Now, he's a more innovative schemer. Than Mike McCarthy like I, he doesn't just although he does run out of 11 personnel a ton th- he does interesting stuff with his formations he got more interesting as the season went on he saw the mistakes his offense was making early in the year and really improved as the season went on emphasizing the play action where Russell Wilson was the best play action passer in the league this year he really brought that into the fold more and more as the season went on so he gets a lot of credit For getting better as the year went on he still has some pretty serious flaws, so it's very very tough to answer that because at the beginning of the season I was calling for him to be fired after two games and now (laughs) I'm like, oh, he was fine we had a top 10 offense despite losing like all of our weapons, like we played Nick Vanette at tight end most of the year, I don't know, is that an answer? That feels like an answer, Grant, I miss anything
2: Yeah, I just think he deserves credit for being better than what we thought he was going to be, like, (laughs) there's a picture I made, uh, it said the the worst person you know just made a great play call for Brian Schottenheimer. <laughs> and uh the the thing was with that is like it was so unexpected when he made a lot of great play calls. Like uh there'd sure. be like one or two instances a game where like wow those really good play design, uh really interesting formation. But you know, I got to use that picture less and less throughout the season, which was a great sign of Schottenheimer's improvement. I think he deserves credit for that, if nothing else.
1: All right, my last question for you guys is about the Seahawks' defense. When the Cowboys saw Seattle in Week 3, they still had shades of, you know, kind of that elite defense. Uh, Bobby Wagner was all over the field. Earl Thomas had two interceptions in that game. That basically changed the outcome. Uh, How much has the Seattle defense changed over the season? And uh, just kind of give us a little expectation of what it's going to look like this week. The
2: defense? Oh, yeah, go for it, Greg. Well, they they've had their fair share of injuries to deal with more so than the offense has. Uh, the the safety position has been an area of concern this year. Um, the lack of pass rush has been an area of concern. Um, guy that are, has really stepped up since that time is Jaron Reed. Uh, he's been a borderline elite defensive tackle. Uh, there's just production in the pass game, the the run defense. Uh, Puna Ford's a guy that's come on and it's been productive in the limited snaps that he's gotten. Uh, the the there of concern, like I said, is the safety position for me. You have Bradley McDougal who is just getting over a knee injury. Uh, he played in week 17, but uh, Tedrick Thompson has dealt with here his, his fair share of injuries. He's just coming back from one. Uh, over the past couple of weeks, so that's something that I'm going to be looking out for. He Hasn't been the most consistent safety. Uh so no that's a that's a big area of concern for me. KJ Wright is back in healthy. The Seahawks did get back Michael Kendricks earlier in the year uh but lost him immediately to an injury. And so, you know, Bobby Wagner is the guy that you have to look out for. Obviously, is the the key to this defense. Does everything so well. And when I say everything, I mean literally everything so well for the Seahawks defense. Uh so yeah, where it starts for me and I said this on a show couple of weeks ago starts with bobby wagner jaron reed those are the two guys that will will be biggest for seattle bradley mcdougald i'll throw him in there too
0: yeah i'm just gonna say two other i mean obviously earl thomas is out uh and that's a disaster that takes the upside out of this defense and delano O'Hill, who had stepped in and actually had his best game as a seahawk fractured his hip This week, and he was, and so that's kind of a disaster as well. Again, Thompson had weird air in his chest, was the injury that was keeping him out. That seems to have dissipated. He will be able to play most likely alongside McDougal, so the safeties will be okay. That's no good. But I will say the biggest difference in the Seahawks this year is the run defense, it's not good. They're giving up a full yard more per carry this season than they did last year. Uh, And that's a very quiet thing that's happened. And I think that's a lot to do with some guys leaving, like Michael Bennett and Cam Chancellor, who people don't talk about as much as Earl Thomas leaving or as much as Richard Sherman leaving. But those dudes cleaning stuff up in the run game, they're just not there. And those extra running yards that we're giving up, that's, again, we're not good on first and second down. We are doing the bend but don't break thing. We're doing it really well. And we are also getting turnovers like crazy. I believe we led the league in turnover margin this year in the NFL. So, you know, or maybe we're second to the Bears. We certainly had very few on offense and a bunch on defense. It was great. It was delightful as a fan. But that is what we will need to win this game against the Cowboys is to win that turnover turnover battle everything about this season suggests that should happen. But as we know, turnover is a very high variance stat. Mm. So it's tough to bank on that.
1: Yeah. Really quickly. I have one more question for you guys. Uh, Shaquille Griffin, your guys top corner. Uh, injured his ankle in week 17. If he can't play, how big of a downgrade is it from Griffin to the next guy?
2: Well, Akeem King, King has been the best. Co- no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's obviously uh, a big area of concern. Uh, Trey Flowers has only played the cornerback the slot opposite of Shaquille Griffin. And so, you know, I, there's the question of just Akeem King stepping in for Shaquille. Akeem King has been fine. He's been good for what he's been asked to do. Uh, lining him up against Amari Cooper in a playoff game worries me. Uh, but you know, the, the hope is that Shaquille can go. He's uh, going to try to practice on Thursday. But... uh it's not looking good. Uh, Pete Carroll uh, said when he was last asked that his ankle was pretty stiff. Uh, like Spike said, when he's not very optimistic about something, it probably means that he's like near amputation. Uh, <laughs> but there's there's the there's the concern that you know he's gonna try to go and he's gonna there's gonna be an obvious drop off and it's gonna be you know a big uh, just a big mistake for the Seahawks letting him play. And so that's, that's my concern, having him play and then it just being a total disaster. I will say, uh, the other thing is that we've used Akeem
0: King a lot in these bandit packages, where we bring D backs onto the field, 6 or 7 I mean, it's been, we've been doing some interesting stuff over these last few weeks that is actually a big reason why the running game is giving up the sort of chunk plays in the middle of the field, where we're just like yeah, you run for 6 yards against us that's fine, we don't care, which is ironic given our offensive philosophy, which desperately mm. wants to run for 6 yards of play but Akeem King has been crucial in those bandit packages, if he has to start at left cornerback obviously then it's a downgrade across the system so that's not ideal uh Trey Flowers is great though um and hopefully you guys uh well well we'll see I don't want to jinx anything don't line up Amari Cooper against anybody maybe bench Amari Cooper have you guys thought about doing that Uh, I mean (laughs) No, Amari. Oh, okay. Okay. Amari. I just thought Amari. I'd ask. There's Amari no has asking. saved the
1: Cowboys season in, yes. in so many different ways. I, know, so I I'm, I'm so really nervous. looking forward to see I'm looking forward to see how he matches up against the Seattle team. This is only the second career playoff game. Uh I don't expect him to be nervous, but I do expect a big game from Cooper.
0: Yeah, and his last one was with Connor Cook at quarterback, right? Yeah, I, I'm after... sure he's looking more forward to this one than than, than that one. Up <laughs> yep, after the Derek Carr death leg injury. Man, this is going to be this is going to be a fun one. I think it's going to be close. Let's take a very quick break. We will be back right after this. We're going to rapid fire pick this game. Locked on Seahawks, locked on Cowboys. Crossover locked episode. Stay tuned, folks. This episode of the Locked
1: on Cowboys podcast is sponsored by Action Heat. Action Heat makes the world's best battery heated clothing. Heat on demand at the touch of a button. Control your environment with Action Heat. Action Heat clothing is engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels similar to those of a heated car seat. They can reach temperatures of up to 135 degrees and are powered by rechargeable 5-volt lithium-ion batteries that last up to 12 hours on a single charge. It's a perfect gift for any friend or family. It's great for anybody who works outdoors, skis, snowboards, hunts, anything like that. anybody that hates the cold, you need to get them an action heat garment this Christmas season. Uh, for our listeners, we have a special deal to save twenty percent off your entire order. Just go to actionheat.com slash locked on to check out everything Action Heat has to offer. That's actionheat.com slash locked on or use the coupon code locked on at the checkout to save 20%. Stay toasty warm while you enjoy all your outdoor activities this winter with Action Heat. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast.
3: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: And we are back with the final portion of today's episode of the Locked On Seahawks podcast. It's the Locked Locked On crossover (laughs) Wednesday. Uh, It's with Locked On Cowboys Marcus Mosher. This is Grant Goldberg and Spike Friedman. Like Spike said, we're going to rapid fire pick this game. Who is advancing to the divisional round of the NFC playoffs? Marcus, since, uh, we've kind of, you know, took command of the show, it's, it's, we're the co-hosts right now. So we're going to let you go ahead and pick this game first.
1: Yeah, I really struggle with this one because to me, these are two teams that are so similar. Uh, I mean, they just they both do, uh, you know, the same things. You know, they have the same kind of identity on defense with with Chris Richard. Um, I'm going to pick Seattle just because, you know, they have the veteran experience with Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll and Bobby Wagner. Uh, We know how dominant they are in Primetime games since 2009 they're 29 6 and 1 in prime time games uh, I know they're not a fantastic road team but I just feel like this is going to be a game in which Seattle keeps it close and Russell Wilson is able to make uh, enough plays at the end of the game to win maybe a 23 to 20 type of game in Dallas
0: Yeah, I'm going to – so this game is at a a two-and-a-half-point line for the Cowboys. Obviously, I think it opened at half a point, and then that sweet, sweet Dallas money came in hard. I'm going to take the Seahawks with the points for sure. I think this – I think it's going to be a very, very close game. Uh, What I like is the over-under at 42.5. I like the over on this. I think both of these defenses are overrated and both of these offenses are underrated right now. I think the Seahawks offense is very, very good, especially if the offensive line is healthy. I think this Dallas offense against a banged-up Seahawks secondary is very scary, very explosive. I think this is going to be a game with a lot more points put up. I think it's going to be... I'm going to pick a 31-30 Seahawks on, mm. you like you were saying, some late Russell Wilson magic. Uh, but I think that's sort of the range of this game. I think this game gets to the 30. Now, I, now, mind you, I'm picking a Pete Carroll playoff game to get to the 30s. So I'm a lunatic. But that is, <laughs> that is just like how this game matches up. I'm like, both these offenses are better than these defenses. This could be fun. So that's my pick, 31-30 Seahawks.
2: And I'm going to go not the opposite, but uh, I'm gonna even go a little bit lower scoring than Marcus. Uh, I'm gonna pick 22, 20 for Seattle. Uh, I mean, ju- I mean for the reasons that you know Marcus said that they have the playoff experience. Uh, I mean, the, the Seahawks have a winning formula. I think that you know where while we have two very similar. uh, teams in the Seahawks and Cowboys. Uh, The Seahawks just do uh, this whole running thing really well, and I think that's what's going to win the game. I think Russell Wilson's going to be efficient. He's going to make plays down the field when he has to, and uh, in the end, it'll pay off for the Seahawks. I think they end up winning the game on a Sebastian Janikowski field goal.
1: That sounds. I mean, listen. I think this game is going to be incredibly close. I don't. I. I really can't say either side blowing each other out, right? I mean, that, that just kind of seems yeah. out of the equation.
0: Neither of these teams right now is built for blowouts. I mean, the Pete, Car- Pete Carroll's what? He's we've been blown out twice the entire time he's been our coach. It's crazy. Or since Russell Wilson's been here, there have been two blowouts. Um, and then you know you look at this other. You look at this Dallas team, so balanced. So many good pieces. I, I just think, yeah, it's very even. Both these teams are in a similar place right now. I can't see this being decided by less than a touchdown. I agree. All right. Well, that was great. Thank you so much, Marcus. Thanks to us as well, because this is a crossover episode. Uh, leave good reviews for us. Listen to other podcasts on the Lockdown Network. They're a bunch. Locked On NFL is going to have you covered for all this week's playoff games, we're going to be back with a preview show later this week. I assume Marcus and Landon will as well on Locked On Cowboys. Follow all of us on Twitter. Follow all of us on MySpace. Do it all. Follow our Spotify, or SoundClouds. I don't know if we have SoundClouds. I don't think we do. But but follow us, subscribe, rate, do all this stuff. Did I miss anything, Grant?
2: No, I think I think you got it all. So just just to echo what you said... Uh thank you Marcus for getting together and and hopefully you know it's a, it's an awesome game on Saturday and may the best team win.
1: Go Cowboys. <laughs>
2: oh boy. Oh Marcus. man. Go All hugs. right, Go we're going to end the show. Thanks for for <laughs> thanks for listening guys.